As it expands additive manufacturing all over, the Defense Department is also adding some cybersecurity risk. That's because operators of networked 3D printers aren't always securing the machines or the files that drive them. For more, we turn to the Program Director for Audit Cyberspace Operations in the DOD's Office of Inspector General, Carla Rourke. Ms. Rourke, good to have you on. Thanks for having me, Tom. And let's set the scene here for a moment. Just give us a sense of the scope of additive manufacturing going on in DOD. This is a fairly widespread practice now, isn't it? It is, definitely. So the DOD has issued two key strategic documents that discuss how additive manufacturing is used in the DOD. There was one that was issued back in 2016, and that was a roadmap and how to coordinate these AM activities across DOD. And then most recently in January, they issued uh, additive manufacturing strategy, and in fact, it aligned the additive manufacturing goals with the mission of the DOD. So the DOD has integrated the use of additive manufacturing mainly in its sustainment and research and development efforts. Additive manufacturing systems, like you just mentioned, are widely used throughout the DOD. It's not just in the military services. We have seen it a lot of DOD components using them. And when you look at what the DOD is using 3D, I mean, they can be using it from anything from aircraft and submarine parts to most recently masks in support of COVID-19 efforts. Also, I think it's worth noting that the DOD is using 3D printing to produce obsolete parts that are not made anymore, which is one of those sustainment type issues that 3D printing is assisting with. Yeah, I think the Navy just made its first 3D additive steam trap for actually using on a ship, and that's something, I guess, new for them to have an operational part. But in your investigation from the DOD IG office, what were you specifically looking at in this investigation? For this audit, our purpose was to determine if the DOD components secured the additive manufacturing systems in a way that will prevent unauthorized changes and ensure the integrity of the design data. And specifically, we look at how the computers and the 3D printers connected and how the data was transferred between both of them. So we focus on logical and physical controls because they're both really important, right? So when you talk about logical controls that we looked at, We look at the additive manufacturing system computers, right? And for those, we look at whether the operating systems were updated, if they were scanned for vulnerabilities. And we also look at if they had access controls in place, you know, were they properly managing the user accounts? Did they properly configure the systems and had authentication factors embedded to them? And then on the physical side, we look at the accountability of these systems. You know, you cannot protect what you don't know you own. So were they keeping track of these systems? Were they physically protect them? Like, did they have enclosures to make sure that nobody could access the system, only the people that should have access to? And then on the removable media side, and by this I mean, you know, the SD cards, the thumb drives, we look at whether they were physically protecting them, but also if they were scanning them for vulnerabilities before connecting them to the 3D printers or the computers. So that's kind of in a nutshell what we tackle with this audit. All right. And what are your top line findings here? Are they securing these data files and the physical media and the machines themselves? So we had a couple findings on this one, right? First, we found that the additive manufacturing systems or this 3D printing systems, 
they were not being recognized as information technology systems. And instead, they were treated as manufacturing systems that did not require cybersecurity considerations. And therefore, even though these systems were required to go through a process to obtain an authority to operate, that means that they will be authorized to be using our networks, they did not follow that. Another issue that we found was that some of these additive manufacturing systems were incorrectly categorized as standalone systems, and therefore it assumed that they did not need to go through this process. And then from the controls that we just talked about, there were a couple of these controls, we just find minimal issues with them that were corrected either on site or shortly after, but there were three major controls that we found issues with. The first one was in the operating systems. You know, I just mentioned if they were being updated. The department requires that the computers operate in Microsoft Windows 10 or have a waiver to them. And we found that 76% of the systems that we look at, they did not have the correct operating system or a waiver to them. The other finding that we had was on the vulnerability scanning, right? 70% of the systems that we looked at, they were not scanned for vulnerabilities. And finally, that removal media, they were not scanning them or properly securing them. So those were the main areas that we included recommendations in our report for. All right. We're speaking with Carla Rourke. She's Program Director for Audit Cyberspace Operations in the DOD Office of Inspector General. And I guess the underlying situation here is that these 3D printers are like any other printer. They're on a network. They're connected to computers. They have hard drives. So they should be treated the same way you'd treat the copier which I think has long been recognized as something people need to button up. Fair way to put it? Well, yes. Like any printer, AM printers come in a vast range of capabilities and functionalities, right? They're very similar in that most can be connected to your network, like you just mentioned, or you can just access them directly through an external computer. But they're different in the sense that the size, right? You can have capabilities for a small desktop model that you can print maybe plastic in your office, but then you have large outdoor machines that can print a building in concrete, right? So what is really important is that we understand the environment on where these printers are and the system itself. And and again, it's more than just a printer. There is a system associated with it. So you need to understand that environment so that you can properly secure it. And the custody of the files, whether in digital form or as mounted on a hard drive or thumb drive, as you mentioned, or an SD card, that's really critical, I would think, because you don't want unauthorized people making mischief and therefore you're producing the wrong part or the file gets away from you and goes to China. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, design data integrity is critical when it comes to 3D printing. Like, just shifting a little bit of design will affect and compromise the integrity of the product that you're printing. But it's also bigger than that. When you think about these 3D printers in the systems, they become access points, right? So every time that you add one of the systems to your network, you're expanding your attack surface because each one of these devices are endpoints that now are points of access, and if not protected, it allows people with nefarious intents to come into our network. All right. So what are your major recommendations, and how did DOD react to them? Well, like I said, the key thing that we identify here is that you have to protect the systems at each step of the additive manufacturing process, right? 
There are cybersecurity risks to the design data. There's also cybersecurity risks to our network. The design data, like you mentioned, there could be theft. You would allow adversaries to recreate our own technology. That could be compromised as it could affect the integrity and malware can be introduced. So our recommendations actually tackle all of those controls that we identified the DOD had issues with. And it was really well received, I will say. We had full concurrence in our recommendations regarding the controls. And most recently, uh, about a month ago, DOD came out with the policy for additive manufacturing. And it was really reassuring to see there how they assigned the CIO the responsibility to develop cybersecurity requirements and standards, recognizing the system as information technology system, which was what we found that was not occurring. And it also put the responsibility in the DOD components as they use them to make sure that they protect them and they do cybersecurity threat testing. So definitely it was well received. Most of the things that we identified, we were on site, were corrected. And for those things that we identified issues with, they are taking corrective action. And I guess this will only become more important as they make more and more strategic parts and get closer to crucial types of things as opposed to MRO and experimental parts in the future. Yes, definitely. And, and you know, Tom, it's really important that we take into consideration what this report does, right? This report brings attention to the need of a culture change, right? As we increase the use of emerging technologies, we increase the use of additive manufacturing. It is crucial that users and leadership recognize that additive manufacturing systems are IT systems and we need to protect them. Carla Rourke is Program Director for Audit Cyberspace Operations in the DOD's Office of Inspector General. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview along with a link to her report at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person, or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.